On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am James Yarko, joined as I always am on WTSP Wednesdays by Evan Klosky. You can check out everything that we are, I am doing over at BucksNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at JayArco underscore Bucks, at LockedOnBucks, at Eklosky, WTSP, and at Bucks underscore Nation. And the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast has brand new hosts. Eric Crocker brings the player scouting. Ryan Tracy brings the analytics. Follow the NFL Draft Podcast on YouTube, the Odyssey app, and wherever you get your podcast free and on all platforms, Evan. That's how we do things on the Locked On Network. Well, I appreciate you trying to give me some credit for your work there. You know, that's what <laughs> leaders do, right? Uh, that's that's what Tom Brady does when he leads his team for an entire game. Uh, give gives the credit to other people. When look, I'm out here just balling, doing my thing. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, we do have. Uh, yeah, we want to put a nice little bow on this Dallas Cowboys game that that we saw what feels like forever ago now. I mean, it was only six days as people are listening to this, but want to get your thoughts because this game didn't go at all the way you and I talked about how we thought it was going to go. Didn't go how David and I talked about how we thought it was going to go, but hey, you nailed that Gronk prediction. So we got that going for us. Yeah. So I, I think we actually did very well in the analysis of the players the big picture was not nailed. So, you know, we all thought it was going to be a blowout. And honestly, if the Buccaneers don't turn the ball over four times, mm-hmm. it should have been a blowout. Okay. Look, I don't know how a team can give up 450 yards, four turnovers, and still win the game. <laughs> like, you know, it's like if you're if you're somebody that, that likes to, to gamble, uh, let me just tell you this. Everybody's going to think that Dallas Cowboys – are back they're forced they're better than what we thought they're not they're not you there's no way you should lose that game there is no way the buccaneers should have won that and why did the buccaneers win because they got a guy named tom brady even though things around tom brady were kind of falling apart and mistakes were being made and and the bucks were sloppy he was spectacular just mvp like and when you have tom brady at the top of his game anything is possible Shout out Kevin Garnett. <laughs> well, yeah, first team in NFL history to allow over 450 yards of offense, lose the turnover battle by negative yeah. three or more, yeah. have over 100 yards in penalties, and still win the game. That's, you know, we had Carmen Vitale on yesterday's episode, and we were talking about, you know, the Dallas Cowboys played their A game, the Bucks played their C, C minus game, and still came away victorious. So, I, I don't think a lot of the things that w- that we saw on Thursday night are indicative of the rest of the season. Like people are freaking out about Ronald Jones being benched. People are freaking out about Mike Evans production. Uh, you know, I've been critical of the secondary. I think there's plenty more that we need to see there, but you know, you go back to the first week of last year and it was a two score loss to the new Orleans saints. And, and that wasn't how the season went. So there's a lot of, there's always overreaction on Monday, but it's exponentially worse in week one. Yeah. And, and let me kind of weed through what is an overreaction and what's not an overreaction. Mike Evans and his off night, let's say, I don't even want to describe it as an off night. Uh, Byron Leftwich actually talked with the media yesterday and he said, you know, look, they were, 
They were doubling him. Mike Evans often gets doubled. Uh, you know, this is a guy that has reached 1,000 or more uh, receiving yards in seven-plus seasons. So, you know what? He's going to be a focal point for defensive game plans. You know what Tom Brady does? And I just listened to a podcast, uh, his podcast, that, that he now does with, like, Larry Fitzgerald um, – and Jim Gray, I think, is the guy that does the interview. And he says, look, you know, I'm a, I'm a very simple guy when I play quarterback. You know, you you want to stop me deep, I'm going to throw it short. You want to take me away at the outs, I'm going to go in. You want to stop me from throwing, I'm going to run the ball. And that's what it was. I mean, the Cowboys were focused on, on Evans, and that allowed Antonio Brown to eat. It allowed Gronk to eat. It allowed Chris Godwin to eat. And, and let me just tell you this. There are going to be games where Chris Godwin puts up a stinker. There are going to be games where Antonio Brown is not existent. It's going to be a rotation of how the matchup works that day. What is the defense giving Brady and who is he going to exploit? So, you know, in that matchup, it just, it just seemed like he had the best matchups with Antonio Brown, with Chris Godwin. And can you blame him for, for continuing to go to them? Because they, they were awesome the entire game. So uh, don't worry about Mike Evans. He's going to eat. He is absolutely going to have hits. Um, the secondary, I am a bit concerned. You know, you lose Sean Murphy bunting. Jordan Whitehead, I'm still not 100% sure is going to play this weekend. We're going to see as he's a full go today, uh, you know, after kind of trickling back into practice. If it was me, I'd probably let him sit one more week because after watching the Falcons, which we'll get into, they look horrendous. But, you know. You don't want to take anybody for granted, but there's a big picture here. And, you know, with, with soft tissue injuries, I'd rather be cautious than, than push. Um, so I, I think that is a red flag. I, I do think that when the Cowboys enter that matchup, uh, it's a problem that they said, you know what? We understand you're the best rushing defense out there. We're not even going to try. We know. Like, it's just there's no point. There is no point. You're going to stuff us. It doesn't matter. But what we can do is throw it on you. And what they did, and, and, and to be honest, the Cowboys are one of the best offenses the, the Buccaneers are going to face. I think people forgot that because Dak was injured for most of the year. But if you remember back to the first four weeks of last season, how good was that offense? It was a historic offense. But, you know, the Cowboys – would have been one and three with that historic offense if it wasn't for some fluky onside kick that that made it like two and two entering that Giants game in the DAC entry. So, um, yeah, I think you you do have a right to be concerned about the secondary, despite Carlton Davis being amazing, um, and despite the the defensive line being amazing, despite the linebackers being amazing. This the secondary uh, is a bit of a concern. So I'm interested to see the adjustments there. Um, and and then Ronald Jones, look. Bruce Arians and running backs, all right? He put him in the doghouse. That's what he does. Bill Belichick, you know, Kyle Shanahan is a group of head coaches where you just know that um, they cycle through RBs and they go with the hot hand. And look, Fournette and um, and Ronald Jones made mistakes and he had to go with somebody and he went with the, you know, went with the veteran or the guy who didn't have his head down, focused, I don't know, whatever spin he wants to put on it. But um, let's... Let's give Ronald Jones another game. Bruce Arian says he's going to start against the Falcons. Yeah, and and I'm not I'm not overly concerned with what's going on with with Ronald Jones. And and we saw games like that last year. Same same with Mike Evans and and we're going to get into Mike Evans a little bit more here in just a minute, but first we do have to talk about the fact that the Buccaneers are ridiculously heavy favorites heading into uh, into next week against the Atlanta Falcons. 12.5 points is pretty steep. But if somebody wants in on that action, of course, 
they should head over to betonline.ag because BetOnline is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface, which is so super easy to use. I I have to throw that in there. The, The updated site's incredible. There's more odds, more props, more contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. 100%. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. They are your online sportsbook experts. Segment two here on a WTSP Wednesday on the Lock On Bucks podcast. James Yarko, Evan Klosky of 10 Tampa Bay. We have a couple of voicemails that we are going to get to and, uh, why don't we just go ahead and dive right in with one of our most frequent callers, mm-hmm. our good buddy, Grico. What's going on, fellas? It's Grico. Look, I was checking out some of the forums, and uh, this question came up. Did Mike Evans get outplayed by Amari Cooper? Or are Bucks fans just kind of misunderstanding how our offense still works, that you don't need to have your biggest receiver always be the man in every game? I think it's that, but... Some Bucks fans are a little bit upset. So I'd like to hear what you guys have to say. Thanks. Go Bucks. All right. So Evan, you kind of addressed that a little bit in in the first segment. We're we're gonna rewind the clock a little bit. Because last year, week one, Mike Evans was targeted four times. He had one catch for two yards and a touchdown. The very next week against the Carolina Panthers. 10 targets, 7 receptions, 104 yards, and a touchdown. Then in week 3 against the Denver Broncos, 4 targets, 2 catches, 2 yards, but 2 touchdowns. So it's not like Mike Evans is any stranger to these games. I mean, as I'm looking at it, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Mike Evans had 8 games last year. 50% of his season he had fewer than five receptions and he still managed to go for over a thousand yards. So did Amari Cooper outplay Mike Evans? Yeah, you could say that he did because he had the opportunity to do so. You could also turn around and say Antonio Brown outplayed Amari Cooper. He was better on his opportunities than Cooper was on his. The guy averaged 25 yards a reception. So I wouldn't worry about what the forums are saying. Uh, and I wouldn't worry about about Mike Evans at all. Yeah, I, and I, I just want everybody to remember that Mike Evans doesn't line up against Amari Cooper, right? <laughs> like, right. I mean, it's not apples to apples here. It's two totally different scenarios. And, you know, the Dallas Cowboys also lost Michael Gallup in that game. Mm-hmm. So Dak was heavily going CD and Amari, which by the nature of, of opportunities, as you mentioned, both are going to get – more. They're going to get more targets, uh, more chances for receiving yards, more touchdown opportunities. Uh, C.D. Lamb, uh, even though he had a good game, did not look good. I mean, lots of drops. I mean, a lot of preseason hype. And I mean, 
it, it wasn't a great performance from him. Meanwhile, let's not forget that Amari Cooper is a tremendous wide receiver. I he mean, you know, he I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer, but he's a Hall of Fame talent, you know, and, and we, who cares? It, Mike Evans is going to eat and this is not new. And, you know, if you want Mike Evans to have 10 receptions for 150 yards, then you know, you're focusing so much on him versus everybody eating around him. Like, were you not happy with Antonio Brown going off? Were you not happy with Chris Godwin? Were you not happy with Rob Gronkowski? There's only so many throws in a game. There's right. only so many receivers you can hit. So, yeah, by the nature of the beast, there are going to be games where wide receivers or even Gronk or, or you know, whatever, O.J. Howard is still getting back, so he's not a thing yet, but eventually he's going to be. Like, there are a lot of mouths to feed, and not everybody's going to have, a you know, a large portion on their plate at the end of that game. But once the season's over and you look at the big picture, I guarantee you you're going to have Mike Evans there for 1,000-plus, Godwin's going to be there for 1,000-plus, and Antonio Brown might push it, you know? I, I, I still want to see more of Brown. I'm super high on him. AB is back, but um, like it's it's just you got to ride the waves and understand that you know when you put up the offensive performance that the Bucks did, it doesn't matter that Evans didn't have the best game. It's obvious the plan worked. Yeah, this is kind of the blessing and the curse of of what fantasy football has done to football fans. It's it's you're worried about one particular receiver's output and production and, and Greco, I'm not saying that this is you. I'm just, you know, your voicemail yeah. is now sparking this conversation, but yeah, you know, it's, it's like you kept saying, there's only so much to go around. You know, if, if you have a party, Evan, and four people come over and you have a nice, delicious apple pie to serve, everybody gets a quarter of the pie. If I have 10 people, well, this, the slices are a little bit smaller now, aren't they? So, you know, that's that's kind of the the fantasy football uh, effect on looking at, at Mike Evans stat line. And, and that goes back to the stat stat scouting, which we talked about with Carmen yesterday. It's a big thing with David. We love stat scouting on this show, Evan. I'm not sure if you're aware, but that is the best way to judge how a football game goes. Like Vita Vea is worthless because he didn't show up on the stat sheet. I'm not sure if you knew that. Um, oh yeah, that's right. No, he's. <laughs> but yeah, you. It's good. It's that's a hot take, right? Spicy. Um, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter which player is getting what reception because Mike Evans wasn't open. You don't want Tom Brady to to go the route of the Buccaneers quarterback from say like four years ago and force feed one particular receiver because that's what he feels like he should do. Brady's going to hit the open guy and the open guys were the ones in one-on-one. It was Godwin. It was Brown. It was Gronk. Those And, and, and not to, not to cut you off, but to be honest, Mike Evans did his job because exactly. if you're paying more attention to him, those people are going to eat. And that's, that's what teams do. That's, that's what the great teams do. That's you know, right. And, I, I, you know, I, I'll take them out of the place so that you can eat. Yeah. And and that's what you and I talked about, you know, a couple of different times, uh, whether it was on this show or, or, or elsewhere. If you're going to double Mike Evans, well, now Godwin and AB are one on one. So now what are you going to do? Are, are the Falcons going to double Godwin? OK, great. Well, now you got Mike Evans one on one against a team that he usually performs very well against. So, you know, you're. Now Mike Evans is, is going to get his. So it's just the nature of the beast for how much talent this team has. Not everybody can be a, a wide receiver one 
every single week. The ball's going to get spread around, and, and that's why I was so high in the offseason in saying that I think they end up with three 1,000-yard receivers because each guy is going to have their day, uh, you know, depending on what the defense is allowing them to do. But, Evan, we got another voicemail that we're going to jump over to before we really start to dive into the, uh, to the Falcons, and this is coming from our buddy Manny. Hey, good morning, boys. This is Manny from Atmore. Fire the cannons, baby. We won. We'll take it. Calling, uh, I was one. I don't know of how many people just humbly can admit that I actually underestimated the Dallas cheerleaders. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they played, they played their heart out. Um, I think their playbook kind of exposed some things that, of course, us Buccaneers fans, kind of already by this morning no um just worried about the secondary hoping you guys can kind of ease my nerves on that you know murphy bunting going down it just didn't look good after that i'm not worried about dean he's he's had those games where we're like where the crap are you man like where's your mind right and yes you know last night was just just seemed like one of those one of those games for him but for the most part, man, we're just our secondary is. I, I thought if I felt last night, it you know got a little exposed. Yeah, they had a really three good receivers. That's not the only you know team that we're gonna play with with good receivers, and, and I'm just worried about that. Uh, the play where Vita Vea just completely just bulldozers over uh, Connor McGovern was freaking beautiful. Uh, I just wanted to throw out there. Uh, I mean, I was pumped when I saw that one on one. It just felt like that scene on the blind side. I mean, he just he just bulldozers right over him. And as far as our team is concerned, look, humble opinion, we got punched in the mouth last night. We we came out with a Super Bowl chance. We we got this high going on in our mind that you know we're we're it, you know, and we're we found out last night that any you know any given Sunday, any night, somebody can come and. Uh, you know, punches in the mouth. We got the win. We'll take it. It was ugly. I don't care. We want to know. Um, but yeah, let's clean it up. Let's find out what it is that needs attention. Secondary, please answer some questions there. So if you guys can, not sure if it's something we should be stressed out about. Uh, I am worried and I was sad to not see OJ, but maybe a couple of times playing, but hey, uh, I guess they're starting him slow. Go Bucks, fire the cannons. Uh, be blessed boys. Later. All right, Manny, thank you very much for the call. Appreciate it. And Evan, I've talked about the secondary for a couple of days now because it is a concern of mine. I thought Jamel Dean, he he didn't look great when he came in. Uh, and can he, I can I say something? Uh, by the way, quick plug here. Uh, you can watch Simeon Rice on the Blitz in Tampa Bay, on 10 Tampa Bay at 1130 in the morning on your Sundays. And uh, the reason I bring that up is because we were doing – the taping for that and sim goes up to to ryan bass and i and he was like who is 35 <laughs> and we were like oh the jamel dean he's like that boy got cooked oh, <laughs> he's, like, he's like he's like he was cooked he's like i don't know what he was doing out there so uh not not rave reviews from uh from sim and and uh you know so bringing up jamel dean yeah it wasn't a pretty night and uh you know one of the bucks legendary um, defensive figures in franchise history noticed that as well. Well, so. and my my biggest takeaway, and and I'll get your opinion on this before we hit our next break. 
you, you're running a makeshift secondary. You lose Sean Murphy Bunting, who's now on the IR. Looks like he'll be back sooner rather than later, but he's out for at least three games now. Uh, Jamel Dean comes in. Ross Cockrell's trying to get acclimated. Then you're losing Mike Edwards, who's filling in for an already injured Jordan Whitehead. So now you got Andrew Adams, who was plucked off of the practice squad that day, coming in and playing safety. And Dallas's game plan was so good at getting the ball out of Dak Prescott's hands so fast and neutralizing the Bucks' pass rush that it put a lot of pressure on those corners to to try to produce quickly. And and when they weren't, you know, when they started to fall behind a little bit, that's when we started to see the penalty calls. So I think it was great execution by Dallas's offense. And I think their their coordinator, Kellen Moore, did a phenomenal job calling the game and, and planning for this. But I'm not I'm not ready to hit the panic button yet, but I do need to see more. And I think this Atlanta game, even though you have Calvin Ridley, you have uh, Russell Gage, you have Kyle Pitts, you know, the the rookie tight end, the the phenom that a lot of our listeners were fans of because he's a Gator. Um, this this could be a get right game because the Falcons O line did not look great. The pass rush is going to be getting after Matt Ryan does not look comfortable in that. Uh, in that new offensive scheme under Arthur Smith. And, you know, the pass rush is going to get there a lot more, I think, than it did against Dallas. But what's kind of your big takeaway there of the secondary, especially now that we know that Sean Murphy Bunting's gone for the next couple weeks? Yeah, and I want to mention that Bruce Arians um, talked at the press conference yesterday saying that uh, Sean Murphy Bunting could be back in a month. He could be out for the season. They're not 100% sure where he stands, and more information will come out on that as they kind of see where his elbow is. Um, so that is concerning. That is something we do not want to hear because after the game, Arians actually seemed fairly optimistic about Murphy Bunting. Um, so that that kind of stinks, and that worries me a little bit about his future. Um, having said that, um, I'm, I'm worried about the secondary. I, you know, I, I am because – not that um, I thought entering the season they were underrated by many, but the fact is when you line up each positional group and you had to rank them all, I still think on this team the secondary is the weak spot. Um, Carlton Davis has to stay healthy yes. because let's use the Falcons, for example. Uh, I'm assuming he's going to shadow Calvin Ridley. Now, shadowing Ridley means that Russell Gage is probably going to have a bigger game, uh, much bigger than he had week one, which was zero receptions. Um, Matt Ryan only looked to two receivers. It was Pitts and it was Calvin Ridley. So if you can stop, if you can stop Ridley, which is Davis's job, and you can stop Pitts, which you have a fantastic linebacker group to at least mitigate that, Elkins should be fine. Yeah, you're going to play a team like the LA Rams in a couple of weeks. And that's going to be scary because they are going to hit you every which way. They got Matthew Stafford there, who is a, not a mobile quarterback in the sense of running, but mobile as getting outside the pocket. So it is, it is up to defensive line and the linebackers to do their jobs. But if teams just abandon the run and say, we are going to do max protect screw the run. I don't care that they know we're going to pass the ball. We're just going to fling it out there and see what happens. They're going to get exposed a little bit. They absolutely are. Um, and it's, we're going to have to see who steps up while they figure this out 
whether or not the Bucks need to make a move to bring in somebody to, to help them out. Um, but that remains to be seen. Uh, you know, the, the defensive line and the linebackers are so good that they should help out that unit behind them. But your fears are legitimate. As I mentioned in the first segment, I, I do worry a little bit. And it's we're going to have to see how this team performs um, to let you know where my panic meter is. I'm not panicking yet. I'm just saying that I'm worried. So, so I, I brought the meter out onto the table. I don't know where I'm putting that number, but, but I have brought it out of the, the drawer and I'm willing to discuss this topic. <laughs> we'll have our, our weekly meter reading uh, every, every WTSP Wednesday as to where you are uh, yeah. regarding the secondary. Uh, N slash A is where I'm at right now. We'll, we'll see what happens if, if some funky stuff happens against the Falcons. We could, we could start throwing numbers out there. Well, I, we all hope that that doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Something that, sh- that should sound familiar to all of our listeners is you've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. The best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Another package that we love talking about is the one that we get in the mail from our friends over at Built Bar. You know the flavors. Cherry, coconut, coconut almond, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. But if you haven't tried them or you don't know what your favorite flavor could potentially be, why don't you go ahead and order a mixed box and you're going to get two of each of those delicious yet healthy flavors. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, four to five grams of sugar, four to five grams of net carbs. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Wrapping things up here on a WTSP Wednesday, James Yarko, Evan Klosky on Twitter at JYarko underscore bucks at Klosky WTSP. Let's go. It's Falcons week, baby. It's Falcons week and Tom Brady is out here trolling. He's filming videos with the clock reading 328 behind him. Next level. Tampa Tom is the best Tom, and I will hear no arguments against it. I don't care that he only has one ring in Tampa and he got all those rings in New England. No, the person Tom Brady is better in Florida than he ever was in Massachusetts. Yo, let me tell you this. I was at the game, obviously, for the season opener, and I'm walking around. I'm trying to talk to Bucks fans about the excitement of the game. It's a, it's a sold out crowd. It's the first time you're going to see the Super Bowl team since you weren't able to enjoy them last season. For the most part, some people were able to get into the stadium. Most of us were not. Um, And I was going up to fans and so many 
were from the New England area. Mm -hmm. And it really never resonated with me how it was such a, a divorce up there. Like you had to choose between Tom or the Patriots. Like people chose Tom and now they're Bucks fans because they're Tom Brady fans. You know, that's the whole Matt Damon thing, right? Like that's a real thing. So that was like mind blowing to me of me going up to fans, trying to get these local uh, sound bites and trying to, you know, say, you know, get people from Clearwater or get, you know, Palm Harbor. And and then all of a sudden I get Salem, Massachusetts, (laughs) Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, Like it was just, it was insane. Um, So that I also want to mention that, Tom Brady is 8-0 all-time against the Falcons. Mm-hmm. So these are back-to-back weeks where he's playing a team where he's never lost to that team. Um, also on top of that, I think in those eight games, he has like nine touchdowns. The teams are averaging around 30 points per game. His QB ratings at around 111. So historically speaking, uh, he talks that talk and walks that walk, which he does to pretty much every team. But uh, this has been one of the more lopsided of his career, especially with that Super Bowl 51 victory. Yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, I'm going to get a little bit deeper into it when David and I do our game preview on Friday. But we're not going to leave here without getting our, our weekly answers from you as far as your predictive player of the game, your bold prediction, your score prediction. So let's let's kick things off with your predictive player of the game. You you were pretty pretty spot on with Gronk last week. Let's let's see if you can go two for two. Yeah. It, it gets harder as the season goes on. Um, <laughs> but who's who's the shining star in this one for you? So uh, I'm going to I'm going to double down on everything I've been saying about Mike Evans Mm -hmm. and my predictive player is Mike Evans. He's a guy that's averaged around five receptions, 82 yards and 13 games against the Falcons, nine touchdowns in his career. I think I'm going to put Mike Evans down for around five, six receptions, around 100 yards, maybe that like 105 and uh, a tubby or two. Um, That's my player. But but at least I think he's going to get into the end zone like that's. It's, it's, it's going to happen. So uh, Mike Evans, predictive player of the game. Yeah, and, and I told you before we started recording, if you hadn't picked Mike Evans, that's who I was going to take. I, I feel a big Mike Evans game coming. Uh, let's get into your bold prediction. I can't remember what your bold prediction was last week. I know mine was horrendously off. I said the Brady um, would have more touchdowns than incompletions. That didn't work out. Man, you know what? I forget what my bold prediction was. I feel like it was something that it might it might have been it was so, JPP it was, as well. Because yeah. I mean, I'm going to go JPP. Was it JPP? Because I think I'm going to double down on it. I think it was. It was like JPP three sacks or something, something two, like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it was like two sacks. I forget, but I, I'm going JPP again. All right. Um, mostly because I again I watched that Falcons game. The offensive line looked horrendous. They were able to create pressure. I have to imagine that Todd Bowles saw that he's going to want to amp that up. You know. I expect the Falcons to work a little bit faster in their offense too. So this might blow up in my face again, but um, I'm going to say JPP three sacks, right? This is a bold prediction. So I'm going bold JPP three sacks. And he's going to tie um, Cole pepper fifth all time in franchise history in sacks of 33. I like it. I, I mean, and I think it's possible. Like we, like we kind of touched on earlier, the Falcons don't look good. They look like they're still getting acclimated to this new offense. The offensive line is not a strength for the Falcons, especially on the left side of the line. That was something that we talked about in our our season preview for the NFC South that the Locked On Falcons host. 
uh, Aaron Freeman was he's not pleased with the left side of that line and, and he hasn't been for quite some time. So there's definitely the potential there for quite a bit of production for the Bucks pass rush. But let's get into your score prediction. How do you see this one finishing up? Are you, are you taking the, the minus 12 and a half that we've seen? I am not. Um, <laughs> I uh, and and it could be a backdoor cover situation. I don't like giving double digit points to oh, divisional foes. It's so tough. Um, you know, look the the. I know it's a new coaching staff there in Atlanta, but it's a divisional game. They know each other. It's just like double digit points is a lot. Mm. And I know the Falcons look terrible. Um, but you know, as I mentioned, all my concerns with the secondary, Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, uh, I think Russell Gage has a rebound game. So I, I think there are some pieces there to score points. Um, so my prediction is 31-24 Buccaneers. Uh, this will be a record-setting performance for the Bucks because they will become the first NFL team to score 30 or more points in wins Um with nine straight games dating back to last year. So right now they're tied in NFL history with eight and uh, it would be nine consecutive wins scoring 30 or more points. And that would be a new NFL uh, benchmark. So that's, that's where I'm going. You know, I think um, Brady's going to have no concerns. They're going to do things as long as they don't beat themselves and, force four turnovers again. Um, I think they'll have no issues offensively. I just believe the Falcons will get on the board. So think the, I think the point total is a little bit too high. The number got inflated because of the performances. And, um, yeah, seven-point victory. I don't think you have to sweat it out. I just, you know, Falcons will hang around longer than people think. I like it. I like it. I mean, I'm hoping for a, a little bit larger margin of victory, but we'll take what we can get, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, wins are wins. That's right. And wins are the hardest things to get in the NFL. So, you know, people said ugly. I, I think um, our, our caller there said it was an ugly win, and no win is ugly. That's right. That's uh, that's what I want to say. So, All right. Well, Evan, appreciate you as always, brother. We will talk to you again uh, next Wednesday for uh, our continuing WTSP Wednesday series all season long. Yes, sir. I appreciate it as always. And again, let me throw it out there. The Blitz Sundays, 1130 in the morning on 10 Tampa Bay with Simeon Rice. Uh, it's it's a, it's a fun show. We, we, we talk about the nitty gritty of the football stuff, but we also get into some some other things. Uh, funny viral videos. Simeon talking about fashion, which is hilarious. He still reps his 2002 GQ Man of the Year title from uh, 2002. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, come join us. Uh, it's, it's a great time and you can find us online as well at 10 Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's definitely entertaining. And if you're lucky, you'll get to watch some of the guys sit there and eat barbecue and make you crave <laughs> some ribs, but, uh, you can check out everything. <laughs> that, Turks. That's right. You can check out everything I'm doing over at bucksnation.com. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at locked on bucks at jarco underscore bucks at eklosky WTSP at D Harrison 82 and at bucks underscore nation. Send us your voicemails to 813-444-5841 or send us your emails to lockedonbuckspodcast at gmail.com. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to each other. And we thank you so much for joining us right here 